Liverpool. So who's your favourite Manchester United forward who scored fifteen, a minimum of 15 goals this season of the three? Uh, it's so hard to pick one, isn't it? Um, They're all so beautiful and lovely. They are. I mean, I, I can't actually, I can't pick between them. I, I love Martial for the, even even some of the memories, really. I mean, I was, I was there at Wembley when he scored in the semi-final against Everton. And obviously, right, well, before you get too misty eyed, just um, pick one now. Okay, I'm going to say Rashford for now. Okay, but Greenwood is seriously hot on his heels. This is very true. After today's performance, that certainly helps. And speaking of today's performance, hello and welcome to this week's episode of Red Voices. Thank you for stopping by. As always, you and Leonard and Paul Gunning on hand to discuss a rather amazing five-two victory over Bournemouth this Saturday afternoon. Hope you're all well, Paul. That was a very weird, fun, ridiculous, sometimes frustrating game. Yeah, but I thought actually really positive on the whole because obviously because we won, scored five goals, which is, you know, fantastic. Yeah, I checked. We still did it. Yeah, yeah absolutely. But, you know, the, re- the main reason for me that it was so positive is because you get that start where we go 1-0 down after 15 minutes. We're playing pretty sloppily. You know, passes going astray. We look like we're not really concentrating. We're not really at the races. Earlier on in the season... Bournemouth score, and suddenly, we, we, you know, the fans are thinking, well, we, can we get back into this? Can we draw this game? We probably would have drawn the game, yeah. one all. But, you know, that was the story of the early season, wasn't it? Whereas now, even when they scored, I was thinking, well, you know, that's probably going to give United a bit of a jolt that they maybe need. And sure enough, that's what happened. Yeah, I mean, you think back to games like Palace at home is a great yeah. example, yeah. which is what our third game of the season. We went down and we had plenty of possession and didn't necessarily do a lot with it didn't necessarily stretch palace didn't really give them much to think about just kept chipping away and trying to find a way through and it eventually came and then of course we conceded the stupid goal so i guess there are some (laughs) there are some comparisons with today but no you're right you know how many times over the last seven years could you have been comfortable saying after we fall to an early goal which was very much of our making uh that united could actually find their way back into a game and not only find their way back into it come back into it so commandingly with four good goals absolutely brilliant like i mean i can't remember a game that united have played in my lifetime where i've seen such a high quality of goals like yeah. from across the four of them i mean obviously one was a penalty so i'm yeah. not to give rashford too much credit for that the other four was superb. Absolutely it was stunning. Yeah, stunning. Uh, yeah, there's a real um, there's a real belief about this this team now, and you know everyone's harping on about Bruno Fernandes, and, and there's a, for good reason. You know he really has had such a huge impact so quickly, and and I mean I sort of hesitate to say it, but it's hard not to. You, you know you, you think back to the the um, the impact that Eric Cantona had in the early nineties, and I'm not saying that. Bruno Fernandes is going to come in and we're going to suddenly win a league but I mean it is it is that kind of instant stunning impact that he's had and, and that sort of self-belief seems to have just spread throughout the team particularly going forward um, I mean we've still got vulnerability at the back obviously which we'll probably come on to but going forward we just look so confident and yeah the finishes were just all sublime I mean absolutely stunning yeah front to back I don't think that was our best game since the restart, to no. be quite frank. I think it was just that we, we when we decided to get going, yeah. when we actually created chances, we were irresistible. I think in the first hour, our play was massively topsy-turvy. As you noted in the beginning, it was 
slack. Yeah, it was very sloppy in terms of our passing. You know, Matic looked. I mean, Matic was an interesting one to start anyway. You know, I know that he didn't start against Norwich in the FA Cup the previous weekend, but at the same time, he still played an hour of football. Mm. No, he didn't start against uh, Spurs in the very first game, but he still played a fair amount of football. And that, to me, was a classic example of what happens when you play in the Mania Matic a little bit too much. He looked sloppy. He looked a bit tired. And the effect of that is that we give the ball away in bad positions and then get broken on. You know, mm. And thankfully, those elements didn't cause us too much of a problem. And then again, I guess the other thing you could say is that Harry Maguire is again, he's been playing a lot of football. He and Luke Shaw have played every single game since we've come out of lockdown. And I don't think it was perhaps tiredness, but there was a, there was a massive lack of sharpness in that first sort of 15, 20 minutes. And none more so for the goal, which was... A oh, collection of errors. I mean, where do you start with Victor Lindelof completely missing the header, and then Wan-Bissaka not closing down Stanislas for original shout, for original shot, sorry, and then Stanislas megs Maguire, yeah, really two meters from goal, and then De Gea is nowhere near his near post and just lets it go between him and that post. I mean, yeah, it's just it's a case. It, it just wasn't a shock, was it? Because we've yeah. seen this enough from United to be able to say, yeah, this is generally a lackadaisical goal that we've scored, and we've let we've conceded goals like that earlier on this season. Yeah, it's a weird one, really, because we've got quite a few clean sheets. I think it was it eleven clean sheets in the last fourteen games or something. I, I I could be wrong on that, but we have got quite a few clean sheets recently. So you think, well, you know, what what's sort of what what's gone wrong? Where we can concede goals like that, and is it like a concentration? Is it is it an arrogance? It's sloppiness. Well, United started that game to me with a certain degree of overconfidence. Yeah, I don't think they were hugely cocky, but it definitely felt like they were expecting an easier game than they got. And, and that's what I mean by the, the, by the jolt. Yeah. yeah, it was that kind of the, the mm. goal was a bit of a jolt, wasn't it? And it was all, I used to see that under Fergie quite a lot, though. You know where. A bit of complacency would creep in. And you've got to be really wary of that because we're nowhere near the finished article yet. I mean, we're playing very well. We've got great momentum at the moment. And like I said before, you know, going forward, we look, like you said, irresistible. But yeah, there, there is just that... There's, there's just that sort of... There's a few cracks at the back still. And yeah, I don't know. He, It's hard to sort of point a finger at anyone in particular. It was kind of, like you say, a bit of a comedy of errors, really. And, it, you know, do you start to wonder whether it's maybe... Stems from maybe a slight lack of confidence in the goalkeeper, which we talked about, you know, in the past few weeks. Obviously, with David De Gea, you don't like to think that it would be that, but it's it's kind of natural for for players for defenses to, you know, when they when they're not completely one hundred percent confident in the goalkeeper to to sort of make mistakes because they get a bit panicky. So could that be something to do with it? It's really, you know, against a Bournemouth, you can come back from it and you know, no harm done, sort of thing. But you know, against top teams, you know, if we do get to the Champions League. You can, you know, they they can really make you pay. So it's something that we really need to iron out. Whatever's causing it. I mean, I'm I'm tired of talking about a De Gea mistake. Yeah, it, it's it's happening too much. Yeah, and I know that today wasn't just on him. Three of his back four could have taken an action to stop that eventuality. I'm not a top level goalkeeper. By that same token keeping close to your post when you've got a guy who's basically hogging the byline at that point. Mm. To not keep that gap covered, it's such a simple error. Seems basic, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's... I don't like criticising Dave because he's saved our skin so many times over the last several years. But the problem is, it's not just one error that Dave's making. It's a collection of errors. If it's not palming that Bergeron shot in against Spurs 
then it's what happened today where he's not close enough to his post. And I get that there's, you know, he made some great saves after we went 3-0 up against Brighton. Yeah. Having had not to concentrate or make any sort of saves or had no shots on target to deal with for the preceding 70-odd minutes. You're right. In games like today against Bournemouth, who have not got a great defence, we were able to not necessarily ride our luck, but we had enough going forward in that front five to force the issue to take control of the match and score some great goals. That's not always going to be the case if these errors keep on happening. So against Chelsea, perhaps in the FA Cup semi-final, when we get back into the Europa League or we get back to Champions League next season, you know, touch wood, those sort of moments can really make a gigantic difference. And we're not always going to be able to blow away teams like we did today. Thankfully, today, we did. And when we did play to our absolute best, I mean... Let's start off with that Mason goal. The first Greenwood goal was, I mean, it, it's Fernandez again involved, heavily involved in the build-up, setting him off, and there's just a little bit of room. The power on that shot <laughs> so, with his right foot. Yeah. Ransdale had no chance whatsoever, and that that was the pleasing thing again about it. You would have hoped that there would have been some reaction to going behind 1-0. United definitely had a little bit more of the ball, but they were still looking a little bit susceptible when they gave it away. But that, that goal didn't come as a result of gigantic mounting pressure. It came as a result of United pouncing, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, it did. It, it's almost like, uh, you know, when the opposition score now, it's, the attacking players just sort of think, well, how dare you? And just go for the jugular. And and that's that sort of ruthless streak is something that was so lacking earlier on in the season. And now it's kind of, it, it's really come to the fore. And yeah, I mean, what a finish. It, the guy's just, you know, it's his first breakthrough season and he's still obviously being managed fairly conservatively by Solskjaer. We took him off today on, on a hat-trick and, and rightly so, I think. But I mean, it's so difficult not to get overexcited about him because, you know, so young and so talented and, you know, can finish with either... I mean, he must be an absolute nightmare to defend against because, you know, he can cut inside on his left or his right and you're in serious danger. I mean, what a prospect he is. You know... Even just talking about him as a prospect seems daft now because he's, he's clearly, you know, something pretty special. Tell you what was one other good thing about today: Rashford getting his goal. You know, he's wanted that for pretty much every single minute he's been on the pitch, yeah. and he's come close on several occasions. So to see him get that penalty, and you know, it's it's between him and Bruno for who takes the penalties. You know, some people were getting a bit frustrated on Twitter with the fact that we don't have one designated penalty taker. I don't mind so much. If, as long as it goes in, who cares? You know, yeah. we had plenty of discussions about this at the beginning of the season and it's a subject that hasn't got any more interesting in the preceding months. Yeah. As long as it goes in, I couldn't care less. And also, Bruno probably knew that Rashford needed a goal, you know, so... Mm. Yeah, I mean, Bruno's got seven and he joined the club in late January. So, yeah. And obviously, when, when he came in, Rashford was already injured and... and... You know, you can see that Rashford, I mean, he's trying hard and you can see little flashes of, of you know, of the form that he was showing uh, before his injury. But he's clearly not there yet. He's not, he's nowhere near back to his best. But I tell you what was the really encouraging thing about Rashford. Do you remember he set up Bruno quite early on before we went 1-0 down and Bruno sort of yeah. shipped over the keeper and the bar, just needed a lighter touch. That pass was from inside his area and he's picked that out with a plum. It was so nice. Yeah, he's a, he's a fantastic player, Rashford. And he, he was, obviously with the lockdown and everything, it's easy to forget just how crucial he was this season for us before his injury. I mean, you know, when he got injured, we were, it was the doom and gloom around United fans was just unbelievable. Um, so yeah, it's great for him to get on the score sheet, and I do think that he, you know he'll play himself into form. He's a fantastic player, and that front five. I mean, you know, 
Bruno, Pogba, Martial, Rashford, and Greenwood. You know, when it, obviously, I think probably four of them are, well, three of them, and Bruno, Martial, and, and Greenwood are probably all in top form at the moment. Pogba playing really well, but no, not at his best, and Rashford not at his best. But if they're all on song, you know, they could potentially be one of the most lethal attacks in Europe. But they really are that good and that quick. Mm. You know, it's so such exciting times, really. It's how you disrupt the supply lines that I think is going to be really key for coping with United going forward because United have got so many different ways to hurt you. And it's not like Greenwood or Martial or Rashford can only just score goals. You know, you saw evidence today that they can create, they can pass and... You know, if they're not performing, then Bruno's just going to run off and, and score anyway. Yeah. So there's so many options for United to get goals from. And, you know, the the Rashford penalty, you know, a pretty clear handball from Adam Smith, which was, uh, it was it was one of those handballs that looked so obvious on the replay. You're thinking, why on earth are you trying to debate this? Yeah. Mike Dean with his amazing lockdown beard as well. Shout out for that. That was some interesting <laughs> work. Wonderfully amazing. sculpted. Yeah, yeah. He looks like he looks like he's just been woken up from like a deep freeze thousand years in an iceberg or something. <laughs> Very does. much enjoyed that. Yeah. But then the top, the the best goal of the first half, probably the best of the day. Let's be frank. Oh. Anthony Martial cutting inside, taking one look up, and then curling in from outside of the area. Now he yeah. scored a similar goal like that against Stoke and both times he's coming from the left hand side of the penalty area and then curled it into the right top corner. This was at least another metre and a half away from where he normally goes for it. But again, Ramsdale had no chance whatsoever. Oh, what bullet, wasn't the it? curl on that shot? Yeah, it was absolutely beautiful. But it, it, that's, you know, he wasn't in really in the game. And then, he's, you know, so maybe that's why he started drifting out left a little bit so he could cut inside. And it shows the sort of versatility of this team and this attack. You know, they can, they can all just sort of drift around. They're interchangeable. And they, again, they must be an absolute nightmare to defend against. But the finish was just beautiful and, and, you know, this is Martial with, you know, confidence sort of brimming really, isn't it? And we've all we've all seen his potential over the years and I know a lot of, it, you know, a lot of fans have become frustrated with him. There have been times when I've been frustrated with him, but I, I really do like him as a player. I think he's he's so gifted. When he's on form like this, you know, he's he's pretty unstoppable. Well, I think with Martial, the difference is that chances are being created for him. So he's not expected to create out of nothing. You know, the the ball is moving particularly well. The movement around him as well is much better too, which means that he does have a little bit more space and a little bit more time to think out where he's going to go and where the ball's going to go. And as you said there, he drifted it to the left, drifted out wide to try and get the ball in the lead up to his goal today. And that meant that Rashford came inside for just a moment and gave the defenders something else to think about. Yeah. And he had just that, you know, couple of seconds to weave his magic. And but Marcel was 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 moving, you know, he was making runs earlier on in the season. There was just no one there to, to pick him out. And mm. you could see, I remember talking about this on the pod, you could see him in particular, Rashford as well, though, earlier on in the season, getting frustrated. So, you know, almost thinking, well, there's no point making these runs because no one's going to find me. Now suddenly we've got players like Bruno and, and Pogba who can find you, and you know Rashford and Greenwood. And you're absolutely right. It makes it makes all the difference to a player like Martial. I mean, to me, that's the best strike he scored for United. Maybe not the best goal because obviously that's the Liverpool one. Yeah, but that is the best strike I've seen from him oh, in his was, time at United. It was perfect, wasn't it? Absolutely gorgeous. And vindication for both him and Rashford in 
Solskjaer's moves to let Sanchez and Lukaku go. Absolutely. To both get 20 goals this season, yeah. considering that they both had a couple of months out from injury. It's incredible. Massive achievement. That's huge. It's huge. And that was a big, big call. You know, obviously Lukaku, I mean, yeah, fine. I, I never particularly liked Lukaku at United. Um, I don't think he... he I never thought he sort of fitted United's like a style of play, but it's still a massive call to let a, a proven goal scorer, someone you, you can pretty much guarantee is going to get you twenty plus goals a season, go and rely on three very very young players. So big call from Alexander Solskjaer, and I'm really happy for him. You know, and it's a huge responsibility for the for for uh, Martial Greenwood and Rashford as well. You know, to play, play for Manchester United, uh, leading the line, and. And there was also this this story this week about I think it was this week about um, Solskjaer basically saying, yeah, we're going to be looking around for attackers because you're never safe in this team. You should never be safe in this team. You should never be resting on your laurels. You can't, you know, they'll know that they can't let up. You know, it's it's it doesn't stop here. You got twenty goals, it doesn't stop here. You got to keep on going. I mean, if you bring Sancho into this team right now, <sighs> I don't. I was thinking about this earlier. Wow, who would you drop? <laughs> I don't know. It's. I mean. <laughs> Logic dictates with him being right-sided. You know, you'd, you'd imagine that Greenwood drops out or yeah. maybe plays a little bit less. But harsh, though, I mean, it? at the moment, that is a big call to yeah. make. Huge. And I guess, you know, yeah. look at, you know, with any top team you do need, we've talked numerous times about we just haven't got the strength in depth at United at the moment. And that's our biggest problem, really. You know, the mm. first team and a few of the other players sort of on the edge of the first team, fine. But then, I mean, we saw against Norwich, you make too many changes and, and suddenly United become quite pedestrian again. Um, yeah, yeah, the flow and the momentum just got completely taken yeah, out. Yeah, or if Bruno Norwich. has a bad game, you know what I mean? So you do need to improve, we do need to bring in more quality, but yeah, and I, mean, I suppose, you know, if if we get to the Champions League, then there's going to you know, there's going to be more kind of um, opportunities for players. I don't know who I'd drop. I mean, you're absolutely right, it probably would have to be Greenwood, but... That would seem incredibly harsh at the moment. He's on fire. True, yeah. I tell you what wasn't on fire at the start of the second half, though, Paul. <laughs> Our defence. No. <laughs> Very nice. Smooth, that, mate. Smooth. Oh, no, I know. I've been planning. Right, time for a quick break and a chance to mention that this week's episode is brought to you in association with the Pitch Sports app. Set your starting 11s, share your predictions and challenge your friends for the rest of this Premier League season to see who's actually any good at getting scores. So that's the Pitch Sports app on Google Play and Apple App Store. Um, <laughs> those first five minutes what an absolute mess yeah. 3-1 up I mean number one Maguire playing us into trouble and then Dan Juma uh, hitting the post with the follow up shot that De Gea had palmed away I mean I think that would have been called for offside anyway had it gone in Yeah. but regardless and then Matic's pass back to Bai who had just come onto the pitch replacing yeah. Victor Lindelof I mean I'm not quite sure. I'd probably say Matish is more his fault. That is a terrible pass. And Bailly's done the best he could with it in the air. I understand why it, it wasn't overturned. It wasn't a clear and obvious error by Mike Dean because you could see how that could be viewed as handball. Yeah. But still, an awful way to kickstart the second half. Josh King slots away the penalty. Yeah. And then Dan Juma scores the second. Thank God it's ruled off for offside. And we could have been 3-3 in the first couple of minutes of that second half. I mean, considering that Bournemouth had not really had a sniff since that Stanislas first goal, to capitulate quite like that, I mean, we looked like we turned up drunk. 
It was bizarre, it was wasn't appalling. it? It looked like we just came out of spoons after a ten-hour splurge that we started at six o'clock in the morning. Yeah, no, just for our style. It wasn't ideal. No. Yeah, no, it was weird. Um, again, just really, really sloppy. Lack of concentration. Um, looking like a bunch of strangers. And I did, you know, I felt a bit sorry for Bay. It was uh, like you said, it was awful pass from Matic. I think it was probably fair enough to give it as a penalty. Really, you know, you know, harsh, but probably fair. And yeah, if that second goal hadn't been disallowed, you would have started to worry. And I think United probably did, you know, have enough to come back and, and win the game still comfortably as they did. But you never know, really, do you? you know, if it gets a 3-3, suddenly, you know, they, their heads are up and we start panicking or whatever. But anyway, it didn't, it didn't go like that. And in the end, it was comfortable. But yeah, we, we need to, we really need to eradicate those sort of, you know, 10 minute spells of sloppiness. Yeah, the ten minute brain fart yeah. would be much. It'd be, it'd be great to eradicate that, or at least minimise it as much as possible. I mean, thankfully, it doesn't really matter if you do that and you concede one goal, concede a penalty, and then give another goal that was offside that could have been three three because we've got Mason Greenwood on the pitch. Paul doesn't matter at all. Uh, it's... Oh, I'm still trying to get my head around that goal. I've watched <laughs> it at least ten times. I mean, number one, Nemanja Matic most. Like, to get that assist, he has basically had to do no work. All of <laughs> yeah. the work there has been done by Greenwood. Yeah. I mean, obviously picks the ball up on the edge of the area, passes it out to Greenwood. Rico's getting tight enough to him, so he's not like he's got a lot of room to work with. And the way that he's been able to get that much power on the shot across the goalkeeper yeah. from the right-hand side into the top left corner is unreal. Like, yeah. I don't know how he's been able to unleash that so quickly. It's just raw talent, that, isn't it? You know what I mean? It's it's he's it's been like that for like all the way through United's youth system. You know, and there has been huge excitement about this guy. And, but you hear that all the time. You know, oh, this guy coming through. You know, he's, he's the next big thing, and then it doesn't really come to pass because the pressure is too much or the spotlight's too harsh or whatever it might be. But he just looks like the most natural. I, I genuinely think he might be the most natural sort of goal scorer that I've seen at United. Maybe since Ruud van Nistelrooy, and it's very early days, obviously, and, you know, it's first season, and sometimes things can go wrong in the second season, or whatever it might be, but that finish was just unbelievable, and the way he works it as well, the way he gets, he needs so little room, so little, so little backlift, so little time, and gets so much power on his shots, and from a pretty tough angle as well, it's just magic to watch this guy. It's absolutely incredible. Rich actually spoke about this quite a bit towards the end of last season in terms of how useful actually the Europa League campaign could be for people like Greenwood in terms of giving them some useful game time. You know, and he's shown that. He's scored five goals in that competition yeah. so far. And, you know, he's looked pretty good in the process. A couple of crucial ones as well. Indeed, yeah. And I think, you know, getting the first goal against Astana, for instance, yeah. you know, we weren't going to get another goal otherwise. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think there's any doubt when it comes to Greenwood that he would have found his way into the first team regardless. But mm. I think the ability to play in, you know, without wanting to disrespect it too much, what is ostensibly a relatively low pressure competition in terms of our ultimate goals this season. Um, obviously, it gives us a Champions League place, but it's not necessarily as important as finishing in the Premier League at the moment. But he's taken those moments and he's made them count. And that's prepared him for this moment now where you would say he is a definite starter for United. You know, he's yeah, used to have Dan James. Yeah. You can't see a, a best United 11 at the moment without him involved in it. No, and can't. it's moments like that that just make him so exhilarating and exciting to watch. Yeah. That second goal comes out of 
all his own, as you said there, raw talent. Yeah. Pure and unadulterated. It would have been amazing if the whole stadium could have been there to see it. Oh, because absolutely. what a moment that would have been for him. Just to watch them, watch him put his laces through that. Absolutely magic. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right about Dan James. I mean, bless him, he, you know, it's just, in terms of raw talent, he's, he's just not, he clearly isn't a patch on Greenwood. So I think, like I said earlier, Solskjaer's managed Greenwood really well this season. And you're right about Europa League. It's a, it's a fantastic breeding ground for, for young players. You know, Solskjaer played a few other of the of the young players earlier on in that competition, but Greenwood was the one that really took it by the scruff of the neck and, and said, yeah, you know, this is my stage. And, well, you know, this is my stage for now, but I, I want bigger than this. I want better than this. And it's just so great to see these young players coming through I mean, we haven't seen this kind of crop of young players for a while. You know, I said we've had one or two along the way, but you know, this is this is what United are all about. Wow, what what an amazing career this guy could have ahead of him, and you know, he just signed a contract at the beginning of the season as well. So sky's the limit for him, really. Yeah, I mean, what has he scored more goals than all the teenagers combined in the league so far this season? Yeah, it's unbelievable. It's a bit mad. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm trying to keep my feet on the ground. Yeah, because. And it's very difficult to do because when he scores goals like he does today, they're all worldies, aren't they? I mean, he hasn't scored a crap, scrappy goal (laughs) yet. Everything is either leathered in from inside the area or those perfectly poised shots that he takes from outside that just roll on to the bottom corner and the keeper doesn't get anywhere near it. He makes it seem so easy, doesn't he? He makes it seem so simple. And it, at yeah, times... I mean, the best players make football look effortless and make it enjoyable. And that's exactly what Mason Greenwood is doing yeah. at the moment. And speaking of players that make football look exhilarating and effortless, Bruno Fernandes, not content with getting two assists in this game, set that freak up just outside the red edge of the area. I really wanted Paul Pogba to take it, Paul. I did as well. I did. But then, yeah. you know... That oh, needs a goal. He does need a goal. You know, he doesn't look quite... Quite at the top of his game yet, Pogba. He looks pretty happy, which is fantastic to see. He's enjoying those goals a lot at the moment. He is, isn't he? Yeah. And Massive smile on his face every time. I, I don't know. It's a funny... We've said loads of times, haven't we? We just desperately want him to, to, to do well and thrive and stay United and love it. And, and that seems to be, hopefully, um, you know, what's happening now. And Yeah, it would have been nice to see him take the free kick, but, you know, the goal... I mean, it was a fantastic free kick from Bruno and he's... I just what a player! What an what an unbelievable player! I don't understand now, like why is like why was no one else sniffing around this guy? I mean, he's like he's unbelievable. Well, if you believe what United were feeding the press last summer, then it they were concerned about his passing stats. Yeah. Now I get that to an extent, but when you have got players that can mop up possession and then pick up after him if he does give the ball away. And he will give the ball away because yeah, he takes risks, absolutely. and that's fine. If you've got players that are capable of willing the ball back quickly and recycling possession, then you minimise the effect that Bruno losing possession the last third has. And that's exactly the setup that United are currently working with. So you can afford to have Bruno you know, trying to thread three balls through the eye of a needle or looking for where Martial and Rashford and Greenwood are and constantly looking around and playing one-touch passes because you've got a certain degree of comfort from knowing that the players behind him are going to get the ball back or they're going to put the the team under pressure. So it works fantastic for us at the moment. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, but the longer this goes on, you're just thinking, God, why on earth weren't Barcelona in for yeah, him? Yeah, it's bizarre, Why on earth weren't Real Madrid in for him? Yeah. What was stopping all the other teams in Europe from going for this player? 
I mean, I guess it helps that United has such a creative deficit in their midfield that, you know, he could have scored two goals in the last several months and we'd still be singing his praises. <laughs> but seven goals and six assists since his joining is elite level numbers. Yeah. It's mad. It's absolutely incredible. To have so much of a profound effect on United and their ability to create and score goals in such a short space of time in a side that was functional but definitely not anywhere near its potential at the time yeah. is pretty remarkable. And just given it, just seems to have, and it not seems to have, he clearly has given everyone at the club a lift and obviously giving the fans a lift and like I said earlier you know just that self-belief I mean he, it's, it, we, you want to see players who take risks at United that's what the, the club's about Pogba takes risks they don't always come off but, you know more often than not with Bruno they, they are coming off you know so yeah it, it's it's remarkable to see the turnaround since he's, since he's arrived I haven't checked the stats but I can't remember the last time we scored from a direct free kick in a league game it might be matter against Newcastle last season if I remember correctly sounds about right and that was a while back I mean we scored in the league cup earlier on this year but we, we God, <laughs> so peace delivery hell no oh yeah oh yeah yeah. Well, we've been crap at free kicks for a long long time Paul yeah I mean just what 2.8 I think I made it out to be 2.8 goals average per game since we came out from lockdown and a 0.8 conceded so we're scoring almost three and we're conceding close to one per game at the moment so it's evening out quite nicely. Absolutely. But, I mean, a- after the fifth goal went in, it was pretty much it was pretty easy. You know, United could probably have added a sixth, and maybe that would have helped our goal difference a little bit, considering that Leicester got back into some form and beat Palace three 0 mm. you know, Fred came close with a decent long range effort. Pogba had a free kick in the latter half of the game. Um, I think one of the encouraging things was obviously it's Bournemouth, but I thought we still maintained quite a lot of threat even when we brought Mata, Igalo and Dan James on. Oh, we did, absolutely, yeah. Igalo had a decent yeah. track as well, didn't he? He did, yeah, yeah. He, uh, he came very close and he, he did really well just the, wide. The, yeah, yeah, the defender was really on, all over him and yeah, he did well. Yeah. Um, and this and is Dan James I... came very close to finding a through pass that he would have done very well to finish, but at the same time, you know, it's not, it's not often that he's had sights and goals in the last several months. No, he actually looked quite sharp when he came on Dan James, today, I thought. He was playing on the left, which was rare for him. So I wonder if he gets a start there in the next couple of games. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's really encouraging. You know, you, you see this with, with, with Tottenham. I mean, it's certainly over the last few years, with, maybe not this season so much, but with uh, Manchester City when they were, kind of, you know, the, those two seasons row when they won the league, that sort of ruthlessness it's really important you know and why why let up I mean alright you take your foot off the gas a little bit because you don't want to sort of run yourselves into the ground but you need to be ruthless if you want to be a top team and also these these players look really hungry you know they all want to get on the score sheet um, I mean I guess since we last spoke uh, some interesting results in the league none more so than former Manchester United legendary manager David Moyes coming out with that <laughs> magnificent 3-2 win against Chelsea which was so much fun yeah very much enjoyed that that's the best thing he's done since he took the United job absolutely yeah it's his best result for you know the oh. best result David Moyes result for United really didn't see it coming at all but I do think Chelsea are, are you know kind of vulnerable I mean I think we're probably more likely to catch Leicester uh, although, as you said, they've won again today. But Their next game is against Arsenal. And before today, that would have been a game you would assume Leicester would have gotten a result out of. I'm not so sure after today, just purely because Arsenal pulled a really good performance out against Wolves. And, you know, Wolves have been incredibly stingy when it comes to conceding goals. And they gave away a couple of relatively easy ones for them. Mm. You know, not, not to take away too much from Arsenal. I thought they played a really smart game. You know, one of their more tactically astute performances in the last... Uh, 
decade. 20 years. <laughs> but, <laughs> but still, you know, I think that adds an extra level to the equation. And yeah, yeah you're right. I do think uh, the easier team to catch at the minute is going to be Leicester. But Chelsea's still vulnerable. You know, yeah, Wolves losing today obviously helps us a lot because it means that we're not tied on points with, you know, a very good side. And the I guess the only thing with Leicester is we, we've got to claw back a swing of nine goals because even though they're ahead of us by three points, it's essentially a four-point lead with that extra goal difference. We chipped into it somewhat so far over the last couple of weeks, but not sufficiently enough where it's not going to become a factor if we get down to the nitty-gritty last day and we're still needing a bit more of a swig in our favour. But to be in with a shout of catching Leicester, considering where we were, considering how well they were playing up until the start of the year... I mean, that, that's a big swing in United's favour. So let's have a look at the next couple of games that we've got coming up. I mean, we'll be recording after Villa again on Thursday. So uh, Spurs-Everton on Monday. I mean, I'm only just saying that because it was hilarious watching Spurs get absolutely turned over in <laughs> Bramall Lane earlier on last week. Uh, Palace v Chelsea. I mean, after today, you would assume that's going to be a Chelsea win. Arsenal-Leicester at the Emirates. Ooh, I'm going to go for a draw on that one. What do you reckon? Uh, yeah, I pretty agree with you. Sheffield United Wolves at Bramall Lane. Wolves, I'd expect I Wolves to probably grind that one out. And yeah. then us away at Villa Park. Now, I don't want to do Villa down too much, but I haven't seen anything from them since we've come back from lockdown. If there was ever a game that United were going to trip up and not take seriously, it's going to be this one. You know, Villa have been... They've had nothing about them, and especially considering they're in the relegation fight at the minute, everything's had to go through Jack Grealish, and he's looked pretty isolated. He's not been bad, but he's not been able to get much going so far. No, well, the, the thing is, you sort of, I think opponents now are kind of like, well, if, if you just take Grealish out of the game, what else have they got? You know what I mean? So you're trying to, you know, they're trying to do everything through Grealish, but I mean, he's one man. You, you just can't, you know, it's impossible. So the biggest obstacle. Well, potential obstacle is probably complacency, isn't it? Like we said earlier, um, it'll be interesting to see what team Ole picks because there's a few players. Fernandez has played a lot of minutes since coming back from lockdown. Maguire, you know, Luke Shaw, like you said. Well, I mean, I think we need to make changes, right? You I mean, to, I think surely. Matic showed signs today that he needs a rest or at least not to start the game. Yeah. So the obvious change for that is Fred. But then, do you stick with this four-three-three or do you change it to a four-four-two? Do you give Greenwood a rest? Do you then put uh, what? Fred at the base, McTominay and Pogba, and then Fernandez at the tip of a diamond. I don't know. But we do have to freshen things up a little bit. We do yeah. have the benefit of the fact that there is a five-day gap between uh, the game today and Villa on Thursday night, and then four days following that before we play Southampton. So there is a little bit more time to rest players up and get a little bit more recuperation done in between these games than we had last week. Which may... You never... I mean, because there's five days, it wouldn't surprise me if Solskjaer went with the same team because he, we've got momentum at the moment. That's so important. And yeah. uh, and obviously, it's so tight in that sort of top four race. Well, he won't want to seed the initiative. No, he won't exactly. want to give away the momentum. And it's 16 games unbeaten at the minute. Yeah. And what is it? Four victories out of five since we returned from lockdown. Yeah. You know, it's good form. And it's you're really right, I don't form. think he will want to give it up, but he does have to be careful to make sure he doesn't run this team into the ground too because we've got plenty of football left to play. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's whether he sort of thinks, right, well, let's try and get the job done fairly early doors and then we can make changes. Because, you know, with the five substitutes, he can make a lot of changes in one game. Yeah. Or whether he thinks... because I, I just think maybe that Norwich performance might have scared him a little bit and just... You know, because we did look so pedestrian. Let's see how we get on against Villa, shall we? I'm going for a win. I'm going to go for 3-1. Yeah, I'll take that. 
Oh, I think that'll do it for this week then. Thanks for joining us as ever, everyone. Time to sign off. But as ever, don't forget, you can always get us on Twitter. You can get us the podcast at Red Voices MUFC. You can get me at at you and Lennox, Paul at Paul Gunning One. And the podcast itself can be found on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, pretty much any app you can think of, really. And finally, don't forget to download the Pitch Sports app on Google Play or the Apple App Store. If you fancy pitting your wits against friends and other United fans with your spot-on score predictions in starting 11s presumably. Catch you all later this week after Villa. Take care of yourselves. Goodbye.